Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for this week's Wyndham Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman is here before he heads there. Hello, Mark. To Greensboro. How's it, Rick? Yeah, leaving tomorrow morning. This, honestly, is one of my favorite events on tour. I know I'm probably a bit of a homer, and I say that often, but it's great. The golf course, Sedgefield, is awesome. The hotel we stay in, the O'Hagan, is tremendous. Um, Greensboro is a cool town. And, and I might sound controversial here, but honestly, with everything that Donald Ross did around the Carolinas, especially North Carolina, in a way, it feels like the seat of American golf. You know, it, and uh, it's just a good event. And then you add to it the uh, the finality of the regular season. I, I enjoy it. I, I have since I was going there back in the day to, with PGA to a radio. Yeah, plenty of Ross fingerprints in that area of the country. Speaking of the golf course, thanks to some overnight rain that continued into the morning the pga tour implemented preferred lies so ball in hand mark gives these golfers an opportunity to give themselves the best lie if they're in the short grass however sedgefield as of this moment still a handful of guys on the golf course played barely over par well part of sedgefield's challenge is putting the ball in fairway in the fairway off the tee i mean it measures just over i think it is seven thousand yards okay. But if you miss the fairway with this Bermuda rough, it is ghastly because the rough is like two inches, just enough to cause some mayhem. Then you add moisture to Bermuda and it just becomes very difficult to judge. Now, that being said, that's all mitigated by the soft greens. I mean, when I was watching this afternoon, never in my history of like ever going there, have I seen guys leave or see balls digging into the putting surface mm -hmm. and leaving a visible pitch mark on the television monitor. So that softens it some it makes it easier but still you got to play from the fairway and uh and if uh, and and what what i did see which is something i want to highlight to the viewers and the listeners to this like green side on 18 and five and six a part of the challenge here is it's bermuda throughout the golf course and, and the rough is difficult um and the fairways you will see color changes because the grain of the grass grows in different directions and if you want to catch a pga tour player out you have them try and chip or pitch when the lie is into the grain. And on 18, I saw Siwoo and, and Did Webb. you just watch Hideki lay the sod over one? <laughs> no, I didn't see that, but it happens often. And it, it, it makes these guys look like they're amateurs at times. But I saw both Siwoo and uh, Webb, Webb at Wyndham, you know the thing, mm -hmm. um, miss the green to the right. Next thing I look there, and they've got the down-the-line camera, and you see all this into the grain grass, which is impossible, and this one little shiny patch, it's like a few feet wide at best. And they both moved their ball into there. So they got that down grain line, lie so that the, the base of the club slides through there. Contact is easier. You can spin the ball easier because when you got one of those into the grain ones, man, that stuff will keep you awake at night. I don't care who you are. 
Yeah, about five minutes ago, maybe even less, Hideki just uh, did exactly what you described on Greenside there at 18. The morning wave had to deal with some active rain, umbrellas and all that fun stuff out early. But Adam Scott didn't show much sign of trouble. A 65, that's five under around Sedgefield Country Club, did finish with a bogey on his final hole of the day, the ninth hole. But Mark, you know, kind of lost in the whole Justin Thomas conversation, guys trying to get their way into the FedEx Cup playoffs. Adam Scott, also in a similar position, entered the week 81st. If this tournament ended right now, which it doesn't, he would be 68th. He would have played his way in still three rounds to go. And remember last year, how he had the big run in the playoffs, uh, had a chance to win that, the BMW Championship out there in, uh, was it was Delaware, wasn't Wilmington, it? Yeah. Oh, Wilmington, yeah. Um, but but I'll be honest with you, when I heard that and I caught his post-round comments, it sort of caught me unawares because I've been on his group a few times over weekends this year and he's looked like he's played awesome. And then to hear that he's outside the 70, I was like, wow. You know, it, it appeared to me whenever I saw him, the game was coming easy. He's driving it a mile. Although you don't need to do that around this place. He's putting it way better. So you figure with those two clubs working, Adam Scott would be a factor, but you know, the sort of stuff happens. And then you add to that the fact that the playoffs now are just 70 and not 125 like they have been in seasons past. I mean, that throws a, a wrench in the works in the biggest way. So, so I was surprised, but you know, that's a good start for Scotty. And uh, he, like many, Tommy Fleetwood's another, they're going to that mini tailor-made driver off the tee. Yeah. There's basically a beefed up three-wood or weakened driver. You can hit it off the ground if you need to. And it spins the ball a bit more, so the accuracy is improved. So I figure you'll see a whole bunch of a heavy dose of that stuff over the weekend if Scott is still in contention. Sixth in driving distance in round one. Second in putting. Had those two factors going for this Thursday. One of the early runners uh, had an early tee time and got out like a bat out of hell was Steven Yeager, who made the turn mark in 29 and i'm thinking what golf course is this guy playing well uh sedgefield bit back double on 12 double on 13 those always lurking it's a three under 67 that if you would have offered him 24 hours ago he probably would have signed up for but not sure it tastes the same over dinner tonight yeah especially playing early in the rain because that's just difficult i don't care who you are and there was enough of it to to make you know, holding the golf club variable. Uh, and that's always a challenge with these guys because the professional game is not just predicated on power. It's about control. And if you're giving up the handle on the club, then obviously control wanes. Um, but this is a guy who can shoot low. We saw him at the Ellie May event there on the Corn Ferry Tour a few years ago, just shoot the grass off the place. And and last year, I mean, look, it's, it's on. That's how Sedgefield goes. The front nine of the two to me is the easier by a long shot. You've One's just a wedge from the fairway if you had a good tee shot. Two, if you get one down there, you've got a short club in there. Um, four is difficult. Five's a reachable five. It's essentially a long par four. Six is difficult. Seven is difficult. Then eight and nine, you can get wedges to the green. And last year in the final round, I had Tom Kim turning in 28. And then you get to 10, which is a handful. 11's difficult. 12's difficult. 13's a breather. 14 is difficult. So you got that stretch of holes there that you typically see rounds cool off. So when that happened, I wasn't necessarily surprised. 
but it does happen. Um, but look, he's he's played super the whole year. And I feel like, you know, that a lot of guys are in position now to make a big splash. And uh, I would say Jaeger is one because it seems to me like he was always the guy that was sort of too good for the Corn Ferry Tour and just a little too weak for the PGA Tour. He was in that purgatory, if you will. But this year, he's been a different player. He's, he's hitting the ball harder off the tee. It looks like he's comfortable. And um, yeah, he'll be disappointed with 67, I would think. But look, it's just the first round. Uh, there's a whole lot of golf left. That low round mark referencing a 58 that Steven Yeager, not 59, 58 that Steven Yeager shot uh, in 2016. He's in the midst of 11 straight cuts on the PGA Tour mark. And he backed that up with like straight 62s and 3s and 4s over the weekend. I mean, he shot way under par. I'll, I'll never, I wish I knew the numbers, but I don't think he shot over 65 that week. Uh, I can probably pull it, but he is, uh, yeah, not afraid to hold his breath at this moment. We've got a handful of guys, uh, still trying to round out this round one, but he is in a tie for 13th. He is five shots off the lead. We'll talk about the leader in a second. Mark, the big storyline for not just, uh, this week, but for the past couple of weeks has been Justin Thomas. He shot an even par 70 around Sedgefield on Thursday two birdies offset by two bogeys. It is going to be a hair better than the field average in all likelihood, but this is a middle of the road round with a little bit of work to do to make the cut. And then a lot more work to do to get himself into the FedEx cup playoffs. I would venture Rick that he's just made, cause now I'm, I'm sure he has to finish like better than, 17th or 18th which is when when i was on the show with you guys the last time yeah and you got a bunch of guys that have played well who are outside the the 70 mm -hmm. and now this is just making life really hard now it, look golf is a game of fortune and it was unfortunate that coming out you got to play in the rain because that's always dampens things and if you're not playing well or you're not that confident it's just a further dampener so it was always going to be a bit of a mental battle but if you look through the numbers, and I'll be honest, I didn't see any of the round. If you look through the numbers, it just looked like it was more of the same. Um, the iron game was not as sharp as it ordinarily is. He did hit 13 of 18 greens here. But the key about this place is it's every Donald Ross course largely. And it's a rule of thumb where you try and keep the ball short of a hole high. Because every green pretty much cambers from back to front. And it cambers big. It's like old school drainage. So if you hit the ball hole high, you've got big sweeping either left to right or right to left putts. If you're on the right side of the hole, you've got a big sweeping right-hander, vice versa on the left. If you're above the hole, you're on defense. You're preparing on those greens, which are fast, for five or six feet coming back. And that's a bugaboo for JT. He doesn't feel that comfortable on the greens. So you've got to be in a place where you're getting your distance control with your irons correct to make sure you're putting from under the hole. And um, 13 of 18 greens is ordinarily good. But if you hold high a few times or you're above the hole, that you're basically saying, well, you've got 13 of 18 greens, you've got 13 opportunities. But legitimately, it's only like seven or eight or nine that you had real opportunities, if you know what I'm saying. Not these things that you're kind of guessing. And if the ball topples in its fortune. So, so he's got to find a way to put the ball in play off the tee. That's a starter. Get the ball in the hand tomorrow. And then hopefully hit a few iron shots into position. And then on top of that, make putts. And if you're not putting well, that's the hardest thing to do. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits the ball better. 
better because again i don't know how well he hit it but he's gonna have to make putts on top of that so right now i i, I hate to discount it because he's a heck of a player and a major champion but this is a pretty steep hill for Justin Thomas right now to find his way into the playoffs. Lost a stroke on approach, 87th in the field uh, for round one. The other problem that that Mark is also describing is guys that are around him who started the week in worse positions have leapfrogged him through yeah. round one. Matt Wallace, Adam Scott, and uh, David Lipsky, to name a few. Also, they've got you know other guys here that like Andrew Novak has played himself in front of Justin Thomas. So, what started the week as well, seventeenth or eighteenth is is pr predicated on no one else passing you. Well, we've got yeah. guys passing him. Well, that like I said, that that hill that he had to climb coming in. That thing, the gradient has just got a little steeper. And uh, look, now there's the challenge of making the cut, but. The truth of it is, in a funny way, and I'm sure this is conversation at over the dinner table, if it is with anybody, that Justin Thomas has basically got one round left this season. Yes. Okay? So you just go out there, and it's not like you free will. You have to hit smart shots because you can't afford to make bogeys because I'm guessing the cut is going to be three-ish. Around yeah, number two, two and three are probably the most likely scenarios yeah. right now. Yeah. So I would say unless the weather really gets nasty, three. So he's got to shoot three under. So he can't be rash and just attack everything because par is still not a bad deal. And both par fives are reachable. So that's two already. And you're going to have a few wedges. You know, he can cobble together five or six pretty easily. But he's basically going out there with nothing to lose. And it's kind of like that chaser's freedom we always talk about where it's like, okay, just let this thing go, see what happens. And so I think that should be the mindset for Justin Thomas going into tomorrow. And if he makes the cut, then over the weekend, then you just got to kind of go after things, you know? Yeah, we could be 18 holes away from uh, Justin Thomas's season coming to an end here. And 18 holes away from, I think, playing himself out of Ryder Cup consideration. But that's for a different I, conversation. I would absolutely agree with that. If you, if you miss the playoffs, you should not be allowed to be on the Ryder Cup team. Um, we are going to talk about the afternoon wave, which not only includes the leader of the Wyndham Championship, but also a couple of pretty valuable one-and-done selections. We will talk about those after a quick break from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping.
And we're back, Mark. We have seen JT Poston find something as of late. A couple of really good starts coming in. A popular one-and-done selection for not only yourself, but for Kyle M. And the fans went out and shot a 5-under-65 that had a little bit of everything. He made three bogeys. He chipped in for birdie. He made an eagle on number five. JT Poston doing a lot of entertaining out there in round one. Yeah, hey, hey, fans and Kyle M. <laughs> as long as you guys pick the same guys as me over the next few weeks, <laughs> we'll be fine. Okay. Uh, but I, I know you got Russell Henley. I think I this do. week. Yeah, I so. do, Mark. I do. But he's my near, nearly next door neighbor. I hope he wins. He's a great guy. And yes, let's win for Mark's neighbor. That'd yeah, be great. And uh, and he's had a tough time. His parents have been ailing and stuff, so life has been challenging. Um, but to JT. Man, I had him last week on Saturday afternoon, and he played beautifully. He drove the ball great. And, and when and look, my plan, honestly, for one and done was to go with Tom Kim, especially right. after I'd planned it. Then he started playing really well through the summer, and and I'm a big one. I'm going to sound kind of ethereal and, and, and maybe hocus-pocus some, but I'm a big one on biorhythms and how your body sort of ebbs and flows throughout the year. And you'll see guys will play well at certain times of the year. And so I spoke to someone about this, a nutritionist, and they said, look, athletes, when, when their um, physical biorhythms are low, if their mental and emotional rhythms are high, they'll still play well. They don't have to be all physical. But when the mental and the emotional go low, even though the physical's high, you won't see them get the most out of themselves. And I'm a believer because if you watch, you could do this. In fact, with Rick Run Good, you start to chart what time of the year the guys play well. Mm. You'll see that, and you'll see them at certain golf courses play well. So when I saw JT play the way he did, eyes on. I mean, think about Patrick McDonald. It was the eye test last Saturday afternoon. He drove it awesome, which is you got to do around Sedgefield. The iron game just looked like it came easy, and he putted surprisingly poorly, which I kind of you kind of know it's not going to happen all the time. So going back to a place where he went bogey free to win. Mm-hmm. And the greens are like billiard tables. Okay. If he just finds any sort of form on the green, you know he's going to get himself, make himself a few birdies. And today was that kind of a day. And, and so I took a, 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 a sort of breathed a sigh of relief because I've had a bit of a miscut streak of late. So, so good on you, JT. I'm thankful for you this evening. Yeah. The, the one thing about, one and done is you you want to be alive heading into yeah. the weekend, right? It, you know, if you pick Denny McCarthy, who actually none of us did this week, believe it or not, but Denny McCarthy's two over 106. That that's not the start. You just give yourself a chance heading into you know the weekend. JT Poston has certainly done that. He's five under par, which is three shots off the lead of that man, Russell Henley, an eight under 62 bogey free. The highlight of his round was the eagle that he made on the par five 15th. This is uh, arguably probably the best golf course on the schedule for Russell Henley. It's it's rewards accuracy. He's one of the great second shot players that we have, and the putter can get hot. Mark, here we go. He's going to give himself a chance. And if you look at Guys who have success around these sorts of courses, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia. I'll sort of put Augusta National out of that some because in as much as what it's in Georgia, in a way, it's not really a Georgia-type golf course. But all these courses around here, they're at the foot of the mountains, they're hilly, there's typically Bermuda grass around the place. So you'll find all of the, the usual suspects play well. 
Andrew Novak is from North Carolina, Webb, uh, Russ. Um, and the thing about him too is he's so underrated and he's so low key. He's the kind of guy that, you know, he just plays golf because he loves it. When, when I see him and he, come, he comes out to the golf course to practice, he's, his wife Teal is a, a noted artist. And she's got her own business and very successful. And I see Russell show up there with two kiddies in tow. He's golf clubs over his shoulder. They've got plastic clubs. He's practicing, but watching little kids run around the place most of the time. And I'm looking at this going, most other PGA Tour professionals I know, these guys are like, well, I've got to be in the zone, you know, and they're out there working and grinding and it's, it's hard work. With Russell, it's golf. The only place he really grinds is on the putting green. He'll stand there for hours on end and hold three, four, five, six-foot putts. But the golf swing comes easy. He's such an athlete. He's a good guy. Look, um, he's had some personal challenges this year, and my goodness, I hope he pulls off another win because the last one he had in Mexico in the fall, he'd come off a few weeks off. Right. And uh, I, I saw him at the club, and I was like, how's the game feeling? And he goes, good. I'm finally looking forward to playing well again. Next thing he's leading, I text him. I'm like, well, that's a nice start. And he wins. So it sort of feels a little bit the same way right now. Um, I, I hope he continues it. Yeah, we'll pull up the betting odds here in a second. But you mentioned that win in the fall. So that that obviously makes up a pretty big chunk of his FedEx Cup points. He was in great position heading into this week. 34th. He was going to be fine for next week. He was likely to be in. Well, the points get amped up, but you know, very good chance that he makes it to the BMW Championship. A, a really good finish. Maybe a win, maybe a solo set. Whatever that ends up being, a really good finish. Now you're talking about Russell Henley punching his ticket almost to to Eastlake. And I got to tell you, uh well look, Eastlake all of the benefits from getting in the 30 Oh, all the majors, everything, right? Yeah. Um, you want a guy, an outsider, who's going to play well at Eastlake? <laughs> Look no further than Russell Henley. All of them. You've seen Kevin Kisner play well. You've seen Russell Henley play well. Harris English. All the Georgia boys. All the Georgia Tech boys there too. Roberto Castro even. So, so yeah. If he makes it, if he makes the thirty, I'm saying to the fans right now, you want to take a little flyer on on a dark horse. Henley may be your man over there. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, and if he starts 11th, that's like five shots off the lead or whatever the score <laughs> is. I don't even know. Whatever it is. Uh -huh. uh, betting odds, please, Josh. Let's see what we have. Again, there are still, like Benny on still out on the golf course. He's five under. He's 12 to one. But most of the golfers who are in, who are at three under are, or better are in. Uh, so Russell Henley. Pretty short number, plus two fifty with JT Poston uh, next at eight to one. Adam Svensson nine to one. Adam Scott, who is three shots back, he is fourteen to one. So we didn't even really talk about like Svensson is one shot off the lead. Novak is two shots off the lead. Uh, Benny on five shots off the lead. Thomas Dietrich four shots off the lead. Vegas does not consider them much of a factor with the way that they are pricing this. Well, yes, the thing, and and this is going to be. Twitter worthy or X worthy, X worthy, X worthy. This is a sexy leaderboard, right? <laughs> it, it might not have the blue chip McElroy's and Rams and all the sort of crowd, but Russell's a heck of a player. Adam Svensson is a star in the making. Ben Arn is not going to go away. Um, Alex Smalley, he's a local boy. He's played well here before. He had the lead. He was in the final group just a few weeks ago. At John Deere. So him at plus twenty eight on basically almost his home golf course. Mm -hmm. I, I can't take my eyes off that thing. 
Brendan Todd, there's a Georgia boy. Novak is from just up the way. So, so you've got a bunch of folks here who are very comfortable in the conditions. I think the separator or the X factor to play off the X thing is just the weather and how guys get through tomorrow because I, I've been packing for my trip and I looked at the forecast and it's supposed to be dry. Thankfully, a little cooler than what it normally is. So it's going to be basically a birdie feast over the weekend because the conditions will be soft and uh, it's going to be some drier weather. I like that Brendan Todd at 30 to one. He played well at, uh, um, at John Deere as well. He makes a ton of birdies, Mark. And he got off to, he got off to a slow start. He made double on two and then he rattled off birdies on four, five, seven, eight, got this thing back under par. I love that little, little adversity out of the gate, Tom Kim esque. Then you go out and you, you know, you get yourself back into red numbers and see how deep you can take it. You know, apart from Scott's, and to a certain extent, Ben on Novak, he can smash it. Yeah. Um, they, these guys all play kind of the same game from the fairway, decent iron players, all good putters. Brendan Todd, well, Aberg, sorry, he's long too. Uh, and Alex Small, he's fairly long, but he's kind of creative. But they all play kind of the same game good iron players, good putters. And the thing about this golf course, almost like uh, Hoylake at the Open a few weeks ago, it's going to, people sort of play to the same area. Right. Whether you get a two iron to get there or a fairway medal or whatever. So it basically becomes an iron contest. And then you have to, like I say, control distance to give yourself legitimate looks at birdies. Because I'll put you on greens on spaces around there where you're just trying to take two and get out. All right. Well, we will keep an eye on this board. Is that photo of Adam Scott from today, Josh? Is that is that does, is he wearing a hat with no logo on it? No, it's got the Uniqlo logo just on the side. Oh, that's right. He wears it down like the lower, just the little square on the on the bottom. We've just got a different they, angle of it. They must have paid a fortune for this dude because he's got the Uniqlo golf bag as well. <laughs> I, I can't, he's the only golfer they sponsor, right? Uh, yeah, they had him and well, him, yes, and, and Federer. They were the two athletes, right. basically. I mean, they're both Rolls Royces of their sport. I mean, they're paying big money for those two. Amazing. All right. Uh, big thanks, producer Josh. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. We'll be back Friday, Saturday, Sunday to put a recap on the Wyndham Championship and see who's made the FedEx Cup playoffs. Follow Mark Immelman on Twitter. You can find him there at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. 